Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Our theme today is turning your test into a testimony. Now, let me ask you, why is it in life that you can be one minute happy, full of calm and contentment, great job, great family, great children, and then out of nowhere, you're hit by some turbulence, a routine doctor's visit turns up a problem, a long-standing relationship turns rocky, a lawsuit filed, your mother-in-law moves in permanently. <laughs> the challenge is to look within and look ahead. First, Look within to the eternal spirit soul. Never was there a time when I did not exist, nor you, nor all these kings, nor in the future shall any of us cease to be. So as soon as you remind yourself that you existed before the universe was created and you'll continue to exist after the universe is destroyed, nothing can destroy your day. Nothing can bring you down. And then look ahead. This too shall pass. I'd like to share this poem with you. Don't know who the author was, but it describes someone in all the phases of his life and how every phase, not only the sad and challenging and painful phases, but also the happy phases, simply come and go. Once in India reigned a king who upon his signet ring engraved a maxim true and wise which you've held before the eyes, gave him counsel to glance, fit for every change and chance. Solemn words, and these were they. You can say it with me if you like. Even this will pass away. Trains of camels through the sands brought him gems from Samarkand. Fleets of galleys through the seas brought him pearls to match with these. But he counted not his gain, treasures of the mine or main. What is wealth, the king would say. Even this will pass away. Fairest lady ever seen, he made his bride and crowned his queen. Pillowed on the marriage bed, whispering to his soul, he said, Bridegroom never pressed fair bosom to his breast, but mortal flesh will turn to clay. Even this will pass away. In the revels of the court, at the zenith of the sport, when the palms of all his guests burned with clapping at his jests, said the king amid his figs and wine, O loving friends of mine, pleasure comes but not to stay. Even this will pass away. Fighting on a furious field, once a javelin pierced his shield, soldiers with a loud lament bore him bleeding to his tent, groaning from his tortured side, pain is hard to bear, he cried, but with patience, day by day, even this will pass away. Towering in the public square, twenty cubits in the air, stood his statue carved in stone. Then the king, disguised unknown, stood before his sculptured name, musing meekly, what is fame? Famous but a slow decay, even this will pass away. Waiting at the gates of gold, struck with palsy, wise and old, said the king with his dying breath, life is done, but what is death? Then in answer to the king, fell a sunbeam on his ring, showing by a heavenly ray, even this will pass away. Life may have taken a plunge for you. You feel like you've been put into a giant mixer, 
Others around you are panicking, but because you're a devotee, you know the art of looking in and looking ahead. You know that sooner or later, calm will be restored. The Ramayan addresses this point. On the very day of his coronation, through no fault of his own, Ram had never sinned even in his thoughts. Nevertheless, even in his perfect life, turbulence came unexpectedly. Instead of being proud, he was sent to the forest for 14 years. Instead of sleeping on silken sheets, instead of wearing a crown and royal finery, he had to take the hard ground for his bed. He had to wear bark of trees and matted locks of hair. There were no barbers out there in the forest. Instead of having royal bodyguards, he had to fend on his own in the forest, which was infested with cannibalistic monsters. Ram looked within. Self-realized soul is described in the Bhagavad Gita. He looks success, failure, happiness, and distress. They're all the same to him. He neither hankers after more, nor does he lament when he has less, when it's taken away. He doesn't aspire for any gain, nor does he cry when there's a loss. He also looked ahead as long as 14 years seemed it's temporary. Now you might be in a miserable condition. That misery is temporary. You're going to outlast it. Now you might be in a happy condition. Can I tell you, also put you on notice that sooner or later your happy position will pass and you'll be in a miserable position? Knowing this, seek the middle ground. Cool. Calm, unruffled, tranquil. You can be Hare Krishna, the one with a smile on your face when everybody around you is losing it. I saw a newspaper article from London back in 1967. George Harrison of the Beatles was on a plane. And you know he was famous, he was wealthy, obviously traveling in first class. But we also know that in life, there are no guarantees for anybody first class or economy class against the unexpected. The plane hit a pocket of turbulence. There was a roller coaster ride that seemed to last forever. Everyone was sure that the plane would break up. Passengers, both the first class and economy class passengers, lapsed into sheer, unadulterated terror. However, according to the newspaper account, George Harrison calmly sat in his seat, fingering a set of Japa beads and chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. In the tough times, you have to go to your faith. Trust that Krishna is piling your plane. Don't be surprised by the turbulence. Don't panic. Even in the midst of turbulence, go to that place of peace. Take shelter in Krishna's promises. Tsipram bhavati dharma sasam chanti konti apadidi name bhakti pranasati. He says to Arjuna, declare it boldly, Arjuna. My devotee quickly becomes righteous and attains everlasting peace. My devotee never perishes. I've heard it said, trouble is inevitable, but misery is optional. What does that mean? It means that trouble descends to all of us from time to time, but it's up to us whether we fall apart or whether we look within and look ahead. 
Now, it's one thing to know that you have a big game or you have an exam, that you have a challenge coming up. You can prepare for it. You can tighten your belt, roll up your sleeve, so to speak, put on your helmet. That's one thing. But what about the things that just blindside you? The tsunamis, the earthquakes, the unexpected illnesses, the sudden deaths, divorces, and other tragedies. They just happen unexpectedly. All of a sudden, you don't have time to prepare. You're caught off guard. In a moment, in the snap of a finger, your life is upside down. You think it'll never be the same again. Christopher Reeves, throughout all of my childhood, he was Superman. When you thought of Christopher Reeves, you thought of Superman on the television, in the movies. And one day, he went out for an ordinary horseback ride, and some or other, he fell off the horse, broke his neck. In a split second, he was paralyzed from the neck down. Never to walk, run, ride again. Could never again feed himself. Couldn't go to the bathroom without help. But he was a spiritually oriented person. He was asked to comment on that turn of events. And this is what he said. He said, the body is not who I am. He looked within. The spirit transcends the body. Can I tell you, put you on notice tonight, that rain falls in the just and the unjust. What is destined for your karma is not going to change by your being a devotee. Good people, even devotees, don't get a pass on the calamities of life. They come to us all. The issue is not whether they're going to come or not. The issue is, are you going to be able to handle them? Will your faith kick in? Will there be a core of trust built up by all the mornings of Joppa chanting? Or will you fall apart like most other people? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. In a crisis, if you haven't built up your faith block by block, brick by brick, day by day, round by round, you're likely to lose it. Panic, come unglued, flip out, freak out, give way to hysteria. However, those who have grown their faith, they know that that crisis is not a surprise to Krishna. It may be unexpected to us, but Krishna knows the end from the beginning. He would not have allowed that difficulty unless he had a divine purpose for it in our lives. It may seem to us like everything is spinning out of control, but we are in a controlled environment. Krishna has us in the palm of his hand. Nothing can happen to us without his permission. Our attitude should be, Lord, this surprise may look like a setback, but I know it's a setup for you to show your power in a greater way. As we read in the epic Mahabharata, because of Jayadratha, Arjuna's 16-year-old son, Abhimanyu, was killed. One might ask, how could that have happened? Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God, was personally present on the field. Abhimanyu was protected by his four uncles, Yudhishthir, Bhima, Nakula, Sahadeh. Still, Jayadratha was empowered by Lord Shiva to hold them off for as long as it took to slaughter Abhimanyu. Skeptics have pointed to the death of Abhimanyu, saying, what good is your faith? What good is your God? He could not even protect the son of his best devotee. Well, can I tell you that Krishna turned that test into a testimony? 
The next day, Krishna, driving Arjuna's chariot, navigated through Duryodhana's army. Duryodhana had heard through his spies that Arjuna vowed to kill Dryadratha by the end of the day's hostilities, which was sunset, or Arjuna would commit suicide. Duryodhana thought, all I have to do is keep Jayadratha alive past sunset. Arjuna will commit suicide and then with their champion gun will easily win the war. So on that day, Krishna guided Arjuna's chariot through 49 miles. The army of Duryodhana was in the needle formation, 49 miles long, over 4 million infantry, cavalry, elephants, and charioteers. They had to reach him and kill him before the sun dipped below the horizon. It was accomplished. That's another story how it was done. Later on, it was learned that Abhimanu was an incarnation of Chandra, the moon god, and Chandra had been cursed to take a lifetime on earth. But he asked that the curse be mitigated, softened, and that his lifespan on earth not be a full one, be shortened to just 16 years so he could more quickly go back to his heavenly post. Now, Krishna's purpose in unexpected crises is to show his power in a greater way. If you'll view adversity as an opportunity, Krishna will use you as an example. Krishna wants your neighbors to say, how in the world did he get well? The medical report said he was finished. How in the world did he get that better job? His last company laid him off. How in the world did his business succeed right in the middle of a pandemic? Didn't I hear that he lost his son six months ago? How in the world can he be that happy, that positive? We're never promised that challenges won't come. But we are promised those challenges will never get the best of the devotees. The devotees will get the best out of those challenges. Once you pass the test by keeping a good attitude, Krishna will bring you out of that challenge better off than you were before. We tend to believe that when difficulties come, it's a result of our past misdeeds, a result of our past bad choices, our negative karma. We think we've done something wrong in the past. But can I tell you, that some challenges arrive not because you've done something wrong, but because you're doing things right. Some arrive because you are making a difference. Maya is alarmed. Krishna is sending you a setback, which is going to be a setup for a comeback. I heard about a farmer. He planted very, very good, call them heritage seeds, if you will. Envious neighbor at night came and amongst those good seeds he planted weeds. The weeds started growing up with the wheat. The laborers who worked for the farmer asked him, we thought that you planted all good quality seeds. He said, I did, but the neighbor planted weeds and they're mixing with the wheat. The workers asked, do you want us to go to the neighbor's field tonight and plant weeds among his wheat just like he did to you? No. Nah. That's not going to solve our problem. Plus, I don't want to sink to his level. Then the workers asked, do you want us to rip out the weeds in your field? He said, no, let them both grow. If you try to rip out the weeds now, you may not be able to distinguish them 
from the wheat and you may trample the wheat. You may pull out the wheat by mistake and leave the weeds to grow due to inexperience. So what do we learn from this farmer? Every action will reap its reaction in due course of time. Some deeds in the beginning, which we thought were weed-like, may surprise us and bring a positive result. We don't know how Krishna is directing others to accomplish his will. And some actions, which we thought were wheat-like, bring a result the opposite of what we intended. For instance, you've all met holier-than-thou people who think they're wheat, but if the truth be known, they're actually weeds. Other more humble souls who think they're weeds are actually wheat and are more pleasing to Krishna than the self-righteous and critical. Most weed-like people don't think that they're weeds. They boost their own self-esteem by favorably comparing themselves to others. And what does that sound like? Well, at least I didn't marry who she married. Well, at least I never got addicted to that. Well, at least I never missed church. Well, I would never spend my money the way she spends her money. Well, at least my kids finished high school. Don't jump to conclusions early on. Wait till the end of the movie. Don't rush to judgment, being eager to pay someone back, for instance. Be patient. Be calm. See what the harvest brings. At that time, the weeds will make themselves known and the wheat will make itself known. Krishna, as you know, was on the planet for 125 years. His mission was Parijanaya Sadhanam Vinasya Chiduskutam to protect the devotees and destroy the miscreants, but he didn't rush it. He waited until his 90th year to arrange the battle of Kurukshetra and pull up the weeds. He allowed time for the seeds to mature which had been planted 5, 10, 15, 20, or 40 years before, even from previous lifetimes. He did not rush to harvest. Similarly, even though so many crimes were committed towards Lord Brahm, he remained mild through it all, peaceful, non-reactive. Even the day before his combat with Ravana, he was still doing the right thing, still planting good seeds for the future. Even at the 11th hour, he said he would forgive Ravana if Ravana would return his wife and apologize. Ram wanted to do good even to his enemy. He was too busy planting the right seeds to worry about the weeds. Prabhupada talks about weed-like and wheat-like. The weed-like tendency is to exploit others, and the wheat-like propensity is to do good to others. That's the difference. Heard a story about two brothers who were well known around town for their crooked business dealings and underworld connections. They were as mean, cold-blooded as you could imagine. Eventually, one of the brothers died. The other surviving brother wanted to give his dead brother a good funeral fit for a king. So he called the funeral home, made all the arrangements. Then he called the town's minister and made him an offer. He said, I'll give you $10,000 to put that new roof on the church. If in eulogizing my brother, you call him a saint. The minister agreed. The whole town turned out for the funeral. And the minister began. The man you see in this coffin was a vile and debauched individual. 
a liar, a thief, a deceiver, a manipulator, a criminal, a reprobate, and a headless. He destroyed the fortunes, careers, and lives of countless people in this city, some of whom are here today. That man did every dirty, rotten thing that you can think of. But compared to his brother, he was a saint. <laughs> Maya's job is done if you're settled back into mediocrity, complacent where you are, indifferent or even judgmental about people around you. You may be religious, but nobody wants to be within a mile of you. You're turning people off with your sourness. But if in spite of challenges, you keep being your best, smiling, being good to people, even if they're mistreating you, doing the right thing, even when wrong things happen to you again and again, I can tell you those troubles are a sure sign that amazing things are in your future. Your happiness will be fully and abundantly restored. Your tests will be a testimony to others. Krishna didn't bring you this far, fail you now. That sudden, unexpected setback was a setup for a comeback. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Mother Yashoda, as you know, tried unsuccessfully so many times to bind Krishna. She got rope, she tried to tie it together, it was two inches too short. She got another stretch of rope. As many times as she did it, she was still two inches too short. Now, can I tell you, when your enemy think they have you where they want you, just like Duryodhana thought he had the Pandavas, outnumbered, outmanned, outtricked, Krishna will always be two inches in front of your enemies. Krishna is only captured by loving devotional service. If you're alive and breathing, you can still accomplish all the things that Krishna created you for. Don't let a temporary crisis steal your joy or stall you from pressing forward. All things work together for good. All things separately may not make sense, I'll grant you that, but when it comes together one day, it'll make perfect sense. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Ram. In Krishna's economy, nothing is wasted. It may appear that bad things happen to good people, but it's also true that Krishna conscious people overcome the challenges, overcome the losses, the betrayals, and come out better than they were before. This is exactly as Krishna's promised it in the Bhagavad Gita. One who does good is never overcome by evil. Declare it boldly, Arjuna, my devotee will never perish. When dark days come, enemies surround you, a loved one is lost. Exercise your faith by looking within and looking ahead. If you do this, Krishna will turn your test into a testimony. He'll bring you out of that setback with twice the joy, twice the peace, twice the influence, twice the power. Get ready. Your unexpected difficulties are a sure sign that Krishna has something amazing planned for your future in this life and next life. He'll take you back to home, back to God. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.